and I had to face the possibility of dying. And once one faces that, the realization I came to through prayer and understanding was that death is not the end. And so having come to grips with that, you can face the dragon and move forward and slay the dragon because there's no more fear, realizing that life is a choice. And I chose to live and came out fighting for life. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My guest today has quite a colorful worldwide appreciation because he attended school in places like Beirut, Lebanon, a Washington, D.C. suburb, Anakara, Turkey, and all of that before he graduated from high school. He earned an undergraduate degree at Brigham Young University, followed by an MBA from Syracuse and a midlife PhD from the University of Idaho. He worked in banking for 19 years in New York City and Guatemala in Central America. He also has had the opportunity to run the University of Phoenix, Idaho campus for eight years, as well as running and owning his own property management company. Life hasn't slowed him down much, but there have been a few roadblocks like cancer. I am pleased to present Dr. Bill Bach. Bill, are you ready to share your story of hope? Yes, very much. Awesome. So I have to ask you, you have lived in 35 countries throughout your life, which just blows my mind, um, or traveled or lived in that many. Where was one of your favorite places that you either lived or visited around the world? I think uh, the country of Italy stands out as one of the most fun. Um, the people are very animated. They can't talk without uh, showing you. <laughs> and uh, to watch a traffic jam in downtown Rome and see everybody get out of their car and yell at each other, and <laughs> they're having fun while they're doing it, and watch this carry on. Then finally, everybody's done. They get in their car, and off they go. I mean, Americans talk about each other behind their backs, whereas the Italians, they get it out and get it over with, and then they're finding <laughs> Something we could but, probably learn from them, huh, Bill? <laughs> exactly. And the country, let me just mention the island of Capri, where the, the Blue Grotto is, that is a tourist attraction. And as a teenager, when I was uh, slept on the beach and had traveled by thumb, hitchhiking from Germany down to Italy, um, I got up before daylight and hiked across the island and swam into the Blue Grotto alone. And it was the most amazing, eerie, exciting uh, experience. And the feelings that came through at the time were just amazing. So. That would be one of my favorite countries and interesting things to do. Wow, that sounds absolutely amazing. You know, Italy is on my bucket list. 
<laughs> you mentioned before yeah. we started recording that you lived life backwards. You did all your traveling in your beginning years and you've kind of settled down more in your older years. But exactly. I want to go to Italy when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes. It is one thing and one place that I would love to visit in the world. Maybe when all this pandemic stuff is a little more under control, I can hitchhike my way to Italy. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I would encourage people, if you go to the tourist places, you get one vision of the world. If you go to the non-tourist places, like I would say, go to the Middle East. I mean, we lived, I lived in Pakistan for a couple of years and one needs to see poverty. One needs to see how millions of people survive with so little in order to understand and appreciate the vast blessings that we have. Mm, that is, that is, a. It's such an amazing perspective. And I think until you've seen some of these places you visited in the world, it's hard to appreciate what, what you have, right? Exactly. And we have so much in this country. It is the most blessed country on the planet. <laughs> you are right in many, many ways. So life has been up and down and all over the place for you, literally around the globe. What are some of the hardest things that have taught you the most that you have experienced in your life? Well, the unfortunate experience of divorce took me by surprise, took me to thoughts and experience that I never planned on, never believed would happen. And it threw me so much and so far that... Uh, I've written a book called The Healing Process After Divorce and explained what I learned from that um, tragic experience and how I came out able to love again and uh, move on in life. And unfortunately, some of us go through that. And that one threw me for the most uh, distance and, and uh, just hardship to overcome than any experience I've had. Wow. Why don't you take me to that and, and tell me, maybe you talked about feelings that you never thought you'd have. Why don't you share some of that with me so that we can maybe draw some of those lessons out? Well, I thought I had life pretty well together and I thought I could deal with anything and come to find out I was still human and had uh, feelings that... Uh, you know, just devastating feelings and discovered that I needed to go through the, the process from anger, through forgiveness, through uh, having to move on and rekindle, you know, feelings of affection again. And I didn't think I would have to do that. I, I thought, okay, you know, I'll just sail through this like everything else I've sailed through in life. That was not the case. If we, if we truly shove our emotions, then they don't leave us. They are deep inside and they will come back to haunt us until we deal with them properly and, and we overcome and we understand. And it was surprising how much I had to realize 
which I didn't realize at the beginning. I thought, you know, I did not cause this. I did not bring this on. It's all mm -hmm. her fault. And come to realize uh, I had a part to play. Mm. And that was very hard on me. And uh, once I took ownership for the way I had changed, the way things that I missed, and the, then I was able to um, forgive others and forgive myself. And that was a healing process that I didn't expect to go through. So I That's wanted to share that process with others. Absolutely. Let, let me ask you, how do you think um, God helped you through that process? Did you feel him at all as you were going through perhaps the mucky parts of, of all those emotions? Oh, he's such a huge part. Um, he can help us discover ourselves. And, you know, the phrase, what lack I yet, um, mm. if we ask that question, we have to be open to it. He cannot teach us something we're not looking for. And he will help create those experiences in our life that he knows will cause us to look for cause us to seek, cause us to reach out to him. And in that process, then the answers come. And they're often answers we didn't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it is, right? <laughs> I remember once I, I thought, I need to pray for more patience. <laughs> and oh. I have learned I don't need to pray for more patience because God is really good about answering that <laughs> if I ever pray for that. <laughs> but it's right. that same concept that um, he'll teach us when we want to learn. And sometimes we go through a hard time and then we learn perhaps what we needed to learn, even though we didn't ask for it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Let me ask you about the, the healing process because sometimes when... Um, you're hurting and things aren't perhaps going as great as you, you would like them to go. You're feeling discouraged. You're feeling depressed. Um, what were some of the key things that you found helpful in healing? If we fight that process and we fight the healing um, with an attitude, this shouldn't have happened to me. Um, it's not my fault. I just want to get over it. We're probably going to miss the opportunity of learning what we need to learn. Mm. And so being open, seeking to know, and then taking on that which we need to learn and make the changes in our life, then the healing comes much more quickly. We get through it and we move on. Mm. Now, um, what did that process look like for you? How, how were you able to have those discussions with God and, and really pick up on what he was trying to teach you, I guess, through the process? Getting in the right frame of mind and listening and in asking, realizing that the answer is probably isn't going to come in that moment. Mm. We may have an inkling. But as we go through the days and the weeks and the months following the seeking, then we are taught in the ways that we learn the best. 
And what uh, were some I, of the ways that you felt God helped teach you the best? Like what, what is the way Dr. Bill learns? Right. <laughs> well, I'm a nature guy. I love uh-huh. getting in the outdoors. I climb mountains. I hunt and fish and just love the outdoors. And so God would teach me through nature. And one day, a, a rather de- devastating event, very early on and before the divorce, when she was pulling away and changing and I was resisting and hanging on, I actually came around a corner on a road and there were two dove and dove mate for life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people know that. So they mate with one other of their kind and stay together until one of them may pass away and then they would, would mate again. But I came around this corner and there were two dove uh, it was in the spring, so it's a time of year that dove are mating, uh, nesting, and uh, they were close together, and um, one of them hit the car, and the feathers flew everywhere, and my heart goes, oh my gosh, I just killed a dove that that's mated for life, and what does that mean, and what does that do? And the Lord told me instantly at that moment, I need to let go. And um, it was at that point, you know, that's the way I was taught. Okay, it's over. And I need to to not, you know, drag this out and hinder it and cause problems by hanging on. Mm. And so God will teach us in, in the ways that we like to learn um, anything in life. And I learn mm. by nature. I see things. I understand things and then can translate those into my life. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love how individually God created that little lesson for you. Yeah, you know? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and it, it it shows how well he knows you. Yeah, exactly. And he knew that this was a lesson that you could learn in this particular way. Yeah. Right. So it 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 shows us God's love. Did you feel his love for you through that lesson? I cried and then I felt, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. So what other lessons do you teach in, in this book of yours that about getting through divorce? Obviously, having God help you through the process and watching for how he teaches you in your own individual way and being open to ask the right questions and listen for answers. What other, what other tips can you share that helped you get through that divorce and learn to love again? I think being willing to take risks, to move into areas that are uncomfortable for us, um, areas that we may not be ready to go. I went to uh, various singles organizations um, of actually different denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, just e- even though I wasn't ready to uh, make a change to searching for another mate yet, but needing to see what that life was like, so to speak. And I went to a particular meeting in Salt Lake one day, a church meeting, and there were a couple hundred singles there attending church. 
And what I noticed, especially in Sunday school class and the time for discussion, how down they were. Mm. And uh, this is kind of a, a group uh, analysis, but predominantly they were depressed and they had lost, the light was gone out of their eyes and they were not seeking, they were stuck. Mm. And uh, I, I took that experience and felt very cold and realized, you know, I don't want to end up that way. That's not, that's not what's in it for me. I've got to learn how to change and seek again and love again because um, I have a lot of life left. And mm. um, I think living it with a soulmate is an amazing experience sure. that, that I treasure and um, wanted the Lord's help in getting through the where I was at and getting to where I needed to go. So um, that was an experience that you know, taught me, uh, okay, there's a, there's gotta be another way here and I will find it one way or another. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it was almost like you needed, um, an example of what you didn't want. You didn't want to get stuck. Right. But, but sometimes I think we fear, um, the unknown, exactly. you know, and so sometimes we're willing to stay stuck because, what's around the bend could be new and different and scary. Exactly. <laughs> so, so is your same, did you find the same advice to be true is just turning to God and talking to him about, I don't want to get stuck and help me to get through this. Or, or what did you do so that you didn't have that same challenge of being stuck and not being able to heal? Well, asking the question, what wouldst thou have me do? Mm. In the situation that I'm in, knowing where I want to go, what wouldst thou have me do? And then be open, you know, for the next days, weeks, um, period of time, and see what impressions come and repeat. Mm. And so I had the impression, you need to go to these events. Um, uh, there were single events where there were speakers and classes and um, activities, and I went to those and found a lot of the same kind of attitude and people that I had seen before. But occasionally there would be someone with light in their eyes, and they would be on on you know interesting to be around, and you could tell that. Uh, they were different. And those are the people that I would talk to and listen to and grow from and be willing to go in the directions that they went in. And a lot of that has to do with accepting my part in things and overcoming that. Mm. Wow. It, it, it took almost, uh, I'm sure it took a lot of courage to re-enter the single scene. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I, you, actually, you have no choice because you're you're single. But <laughs> you begin to interact. Yes, that took a, a a major decision. Did you have to kind of talk yourself through it in your mind, like, okay, Bill, come on, you can do this, exactly. or anything like that? I mean, like, I'm I'm curious what your process was to be able to kind of pep yourself up to do something that was probably way out of your comfort zone. It comes back to 
discovering one's place with the Lord mm. and saying, okay, should I be single the rest of my life? If not, what's the process I need to go through? How will I know? How will I find? And getting that confirmation that the Lord's going to be with you. And then when you have the impression that you should go to this event, then you can partner with the Lord and go there knowing that you will be guided, that you will learn and that the, the right things are going to happen. Mm. I love how you said there that, that you were partnered with the Lord. Because often we feel so alone in our challenges, but yet when we have, when we, I guess, yoke ourselves to God in our trials, we don't have to go through them alone. And, and you're a good example of that, um, that even though you were going apparent, you know, if people were to look at you, you were going, walking in by yourself, you're walking in with God. Exactly, And I like that image because um, it's a powerful image to create mentally um, that, hey, God's told me to do this and I'm going to go do it. And yeah, it's scary, but at least I'm not alone. Kind of like exactly. that, right? <laughs> that's, that's what we have to do. Then we're not alone. Yeah, yeah. So eventually you healed and you, and you found... A wonderful woman. <laughs> Absolutely. And she had four children and I had five. We combined the families. We raised hers uh, through their teenage years and it's all been wonderful. Oh my goodness. That, that is incredible. So your journey uh, helped you find a new love of your life, which Absolutely. is wonderful. Yes. But but life hasn't been smooth sailing since then, has it? <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit? Uh, you've been going through a really difficult time with a cancer diagnosis. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Well, it, it, to explain it well, I need to talk about how it kind of came about. Please do. And uh, yeah, I, I started not feeling well in various ways and feeling weaker. And uh, I went to a chiropractor because I had pain in my hip. And uh, he, I worked with him for several months and he repaired everything that needed repairing. However, the pain did not change. Hmm. And so he was baffled and he suggested I go to, you know, an MD. And I did that. And in the over the months that uh, very diagnose, various diagnoses were attempted, um, I had to walk with a cane and then uh, with crutches, having to uh, use a wheelchair. Oh my. And then from wheelchair, pretty much bedridden, and uh, 30 some blood tests and uh, bone scans and. <laughs> all kinds of scans and imaging done. And finally, they discovered a growth on my left kidney. Uh, they called it a lesion. And then they could diagnose and bi biopsy that and determined that I have a disease called lymphoma. Now, why don't you tell me what lymphoma is for, for those of us who don't know, so that we can understand what it is, what it looks like, and all of that. 
So lymphoma is a form of cancer, but it's a cancer of the blood. Mm. And because of that, it's in the entire body. And when they talk about, um, you know, can, can you get over this? Can it be cured? The answer is no. Lymphoma is not cured, but it can be put into remission, meaning that you're not feeling the effects of it, even though it may be rather dormant in your body and can come back alive. And a better detailed definition would be your white blood cells go overactive and they are actually being um, created by the marrow in a malignant state, meaning that a portion of them are dangerous and overactive and they can't discern between um, a disease in the body that they should work on versus a regular red blood cell. Mm. So your white blood cells are now attacking your red blood cells and killing good things in your body um, voraciously mm. to the point that you're now in danger of having lack of the good things that you need in your blood because these white cells are wiping it out. Wow. So they treat it with chemotherapy, which goes in and kills a lot of your white blood cells down to the point that the red blood cells are now not in danger and your body starts to adjust and your marrow starts producing more proper ones. And over a period of six months of monthly infusions, they can get it into remission. Wow. So tell me, I know chemotherapy is quite hard on the body. What has this looked like for you? Been really interesting because I, from what I had heard about chemotherapy, I actually felt it would be more comfortable to just die from cancer <laughs> than to put up with chemotherapy. So I had to be converted to. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the possibility that chemotherapy might not be as bad as I had anticipated. Come to find out, as soon as I got that first treatment, within days, I felt better than I did having the lymphoma running, running rampant in my body. Really? So that was a pleasant surprise. And I could tell right away that it was working. And within a week, I had less pain in my hip. And I knew that it was having a good impact in the right way in my body. So I became friends with uh, chemotherapy quickly <laughs> and uh, can now say really good things about it. Mm. Uh, it's not to be feared. It, uh, uh, it takes a five-hour infusion, which is not painful. You just rest during that process. And then several days after is your low point where it's um, starting uh, to have its major impact on the body. And I felt fatigued, low on energy, but I never felt nauseous, which is often a side effect. Mm -hmm. um, and they gave me um, various medicines to counteract the side effects without disrupting what the chemo was doing. 
So altogether, I've been able to do a lot of things and remain fairly active and get around and get around a lot better than when I was on crutches or wheelchair. Uh, I'm walking without any assistance and I'm doing physical projects and doing well. Wow. Wow. So what are some of the lessons that you feel you have learned so far from lymphoma? Well, let's get the hardest one out of the way first. Let's do. Let's do. <laughs> when I hit the bottom and I couldn't walk and I had to pull myself out of bed on a rope that was uh, stuck in the window and the window closed so I could pull on it. Oh um, I actually had to face the idea that this may just keep going down. This was before I was on chemo and before they knew what it was. And I had to face that possibility of dying. And once one faces that and realizes the realization I came to through prayer and understanding was that death is not the end. Death is actually a new beginning. And it's a beginning in a pretty exciting way that we can't even comprehend. And so having come to grips with that then you can you can face the dragon and move forward and and slay the dragon because there's no more fear mm. and with the help of the lord start regaining and building that mental attitude realizing that life is a choice uh, at that point and I chose to live and came out fighting for life. <laughs> mm, mm. I can imagine that the transition from feeling like I'm this, this can kill me to I'm fighting. I'm, I'm making this choice to fight probably was more than just snapping your fingers. Exactly. You know, it took yeah, well, tell me that about that process in your mind, because I know a lot of people, especially right now with the pandemic going on, are facing discouragement on a daily basis and, and feel like they want to give up. Talk us through the process you went through in your mind to be able to make that choice to fight, to fight for life. Right. Um, I couldn't see how things could get any worse. <laughs> and if, if, if death is not that bad of an option, um, move forward with confidence and whichever way things go, I'm going to come out fine. Mm. And so pleading with the Lord for understanding and learning all the lessons that he had in mind for me in taking me to that level of humility I was then able to start climbing out and climbing out was a decision to begin thinking and seeing myself as healthy again. I think that's one of the most important things is wherever you're at in a, in a downward spiral, picture it being gone, picture being perfectly healthy picture being able to run again, picture sunny days and fun times again, 
picture being uh, alive and alert and attentive and fun um, with other people and interacting. And the more you can picture that, the more you can get that into your mind and seek that and pray for that, then you're focused in a positive way. And those positive thoughts bring a lot of healing and open a lot of doors and possibilities for us as we stay positive with the Lord and seek his guidance in guiding us to what we see we really want. Wow. That's a, that's a really powerful image to start to create in your mind. Exactly. Um, of you're not the only person who's ever mentioned this power of visualizing on my podcast. So I, I always find it so fascinating when people talk about it um, that they can just say, okay, I'm going to stop these downward thoughts. I'm going to start thinking about how I want it to be. Exactly. And there's power in that. So in some ways it is a choice to say, I choose to, imagine this because our brains are powerful you talked about working on that with god's help right asking exactly. god to help you with that so maybe if you're stuck in a downward spiral maybe the first step is praying to god and saying i want to start visualizing a positive outcome to this spiral I want to come out on the other side. Like you said, I want to picture myself walking again. I want to picture myself having fun again, living life to the fullest and asking God to help you begin to change those negative thoughts to positive thoughts. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to have Dr. Bill Bach tell us a little bit more about things he's learned, tips he would share with those who are struggling and an amazing change in perspective that he had as a 17-year-old boy on top of a mountain in Pakistan. Hi, this is Tamara K. Anderson, and I want to share something special with you. When our son Nathan was diagnosed with autism, I felt like the life we had expected for him was ripped away, and with it, my own heart shattered as well. It's very common for families to feel anger pain, confusion, and anxiety when a child is diagnosed. This is where my book, Normal For Me, comes into play. It shares my story of learning to replace my pain with acceptance, peace, joy, and hope. Normal For Me has helped change many lives, and I'd like to give this book to as many families as possible. We put together something I think is really special. My friends and listeners can order copies of my book at a significantly discounted price, and we will send them to families who have just had a child diagnosed with autism or another special needs diagnosis. We will put your name inside the cover so they will know someone out there loves them and wants to help. I will also sign each copy. You can order as little as one or as many as hundreds to be shared with others. So go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com, and visit the store section for more information and to place your order. You can bless the lives of many families by sending them hope, love, and peace. Check it out today at TamaraKAnderson.com and help me spread hope to the world.
And we're back. I've been talking to Dr. Bill Bach about his experience with divorce, lymphoma, and now we're on to lessons learned. Bill, what other lessons can you share with us that you have learned from your struggles? I think he's tried to teach us that process through so many scriptures that we sometimes don't realize the full impact of, you know, seek and ye shall find, Mm. knock and it shall be opened unto you. We have to start the process. He will then open the door that we knocked on. I never thought about visualizing with that scripture before, but that's a really good way to think about it. It's us saying, I'm going to knock yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say, I need to stop this downward spiral. And will you please open the door and help me do this? That's beautiful. And, and if he doesn't answer the first time we knock, we don't conclude that he's not there. We knock until we get an answer because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're not in that position of being humble enough to accept what's on the other side of the door. So knock again and knock again, and there will be an answer that I can promise and that he has promised. Have you ever had to have God teach you the right thing to pray for? Like like have to change the way you're asking for something, perhaps? He does that by not answering. (laughs) (laughs) Then I know I've asked the wrong question. I may be asking for a Mercedes when I should be asking for a bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) The bicycle will make me strong enough to then become what I need to be to have other things happen. Mm. Right. I love that. So perhaps the answer, if you feel you're not getting answers, is God help me to figure out the right question to ask. Right. Or to just ask another question and another question mm. until we get an answer. What do you think was one of the questions you had to change and learn to ask differently? I was asking to be healed at first. Mm-hmm. And then if I asked, what do I need to learn from this in order to be ready to be healed? Then I would be open to answers like you haven't hit the bottom yet or you you haven't learned all that you need to learn yet about experiencing pain mm. i mean we we came to to earth to learn about ourselves and to understand life and to return well if we came and we never experienced pain to the extent that he feels we need to understand it in order to be effective in our next realm then I better get with the program and be open to experiencing some pain or I'm going to have to experience it over and over again until I get the message. Mm. Now that's not an answer we really want to hear is you haven't hit the bottom yet. No, it's not. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) But that's one of the lessons I had to learn. That is a really it's a beautiful process, but you probably didn't like it very much at the time. <laughs> right. right. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me ask you this. You're, you're writing another book about perspective. Exactly. 
<laughs> Tell me a little bit about this and what has inspired you to write about perspective and why. This has been growing in me since I was 17 years old. Ooh. And um, let me tell you the title because that'll help explain the beginning. Uh, perspective, and then the subtitle of The Greatest Determinant in Your Life. Now, we Christians know who the greatest determinant in our life is, and that's the Savior. Correct. But our perspective of knowing that, that's the, that the Savior is that is a belief. And we have lots of beliefs in our lives, limiting beliefs, that hold us back, and that's why we get stuck. We talked about singles that are stuck because they're not open to changing and moving on. We get stuck by limiting beliefs all the time. Yes. And we tend to believe that our experience in life is reality. And it is. It's our reality. And then we base our beliefs on what we experienced. And that's the only reality we are willing to accept until or unless something shakes us out of that or we're open to a new possibility. And that usually occurs with things like lymphoma <laughs> or <Yes>. divorce. <laughs> yes. Our trials cause us to question how this could happen. And when we start asking those kinds of questions, and learning from those answers, then we can be open to a new belief, which is a new perspective. So at age 17, I was in the country of Pakistan where my father was teaching school. And I think he wanted uh, my sister and I out of the house for a while because he was just getting into his new job there. He arranged for my sister and I to travel with a Pakistani couple to a mountainous region that was totally incredible in the foothills of the Himalayas. Wow. And we went by Jeep on a one way up, uphill the first half of the day. And then you park because the Jeeps coming down are going down the other half of the day because oh. the road is so narrow and so treacherous. Um, and anyway, long story short, we get to a, a way station, we'll call it, at the summit at 12,000 feet, oh my. and then the mountains go up from there. So at this way station was a, a Pakistani family that took care of it and cooked the meals and took care of people that came there. And um, we were the only ones there, the four of us, the Pakistani couple, my older sister and I, and this Pakistani couple that lived there. And they had a little boy, um, let's say the age of seven and he could, he would run around the place and he was just, his eyes were totally incredible. The sparkled with life, full of energy. And he was barefoot all mm -hmm. the time. And it would drop into the, the way below freezing at night. And in the daytime, it might thaw the ground and it might not. And he was barefoot uh -huh. out running around the, out the we never saw <laughs> shoes on him. And anyway, we asked his parents what his name was one evening. We were there two different evenings and we'd have dinner with his parents. And um, they said his name was Koshal Zamang. 
And so we had to say, what does that mean? And our interpreter said, it means ruler of the universe. Oh, sweet. And that just hit me so hard that these people living at the top of the world with nothing, uh -huh. they did not have transportation, no TV, no, they did have electricity, one light bulb hanging in the middle of each room. Um, and they would name their child ruler of the universe. And that taught me that there are people who see a lot more in life than the life that I had known up to that point in the United States as an American youth. Mm. And so that taught me that there's different perspectives that can create different results if we are open to it. That is beautiful. And, and you've kept that with you all these years, it seems. That, that, that story is kind of woven a thread throughout your life. Absolutely. Of, of there are different perspectives and I can change my perspective in my life. Do you think, I've often wondered this, Bill, um, that perhaps one of the reasons God sent us here to earth was to help us gain a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. That is the, really the whole reason. Yeah. To, yeah, to help uh, us see things in different ways and experience and learn things in different ways. Uh, and I know that some of my biggest aha moments have come at my moments of greatest struggle Right. When I, on bended knee and usually in tears, <laughs> have had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with God where he teaches me something. And it changes my perspective. And there it sounds you like you've had a, several of those instances in your life, too. Right. You would think I would get better at learning without having to have the trial quite so drastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And I wish that uh, so many of these things we could learn without going through the the muck and the mud and the scraped knees and the wheelchairs and the oh, cancer yes. and stuff like that. Um, but somehow, since God knows us so uniquely and individually, he knows the things that will teach us the most, hopefully in the least painful way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Perspective. That is, that is beautiful. I love that. Um, that's really, really cool. So let me ask you this. What tips would you share with somebody who is in perhaps one of those moments right now, who is really, really struggling with, I don't know, some extreme challenge in their life, whether it be divorce or cancer or some other diagnosis or mental illness perhaps that they're struggling with, which has been even more severe due to the pandemic. What, what tips would you give them? What nuggets would you share with them that have helped you during your journey? Realize that they are not alone, that others have probably experienced what they are experiencing. Realize that we have a higher power in a savior 
who knows us, who has been through far worse than anything we will go through and recognize that there is something for us to learn. There is a silver lining in the storm clouds of every storm. And as we seek the Lord's help in understanding that, then we will have the courage to move forward in whatever direction that may go. I heard the story once of a TV crew that wanted to interview terminally ill children, and they mm -hmm. went to the children's hospital in Salt Lake. And as they talked to different children, one young man was asked how he felt about the situation that he was in. He said, you know, most of the kids here are saying, why me? He said, I learned to ask that to say, why not me? Why not? I have this experience. Why not? I go through it and accept it for what it is. Now, that doesn't mean that we should just take what comes without asking, without inquiring, but it, it could give us the courage to accept where we're at at that moment in time and to truly seek with humility until we get an answer that we know came from the right source and, and no answer does not mean there is no answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it means we may not have asked the right question yet. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to recognize that that high, higher power is always there, that there is something to be learned and we can learn that. And that humility, when we think we have hit the point where we have humility, we may have a ways yet to go. <laughs> you speak from experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, such, such amazing words of wisdom there. I think being willing to recognize that from adversity, from trials, great growth comes. One of the phrases that came to me in writing the healing process after divorce is, don't give me sympathy during the trials of my faith because from them, I will grow to new heights and understanding that before I could scarcely understand. Mm, that's really profound. Thank I like you. that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, yeah. And it's true that often we rebound better and stronger than we went into the situation. Correct. It sure is hard when we're down at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> That's right. Hang on. You'll come rebound better and stronger. I love that. I love that so, so much. So let me ask you, Bill, through all your ups and downs, has there been a Bible verse that has come to mean a little more to you that has spoken to you? There are many. I think um, John 16, 33 is the one I would go to where the Savior is being quoted by John as having said, in this world, you will have trouble. We get that. Mm -hmm. 
but take heart. And he says, I have overcome the world. And because he has overcome the world and he has his hand out to us with that hand and with the price he has paid, we too can overcome mm. because of what he has done for us. That's our hope. That's our faith. That's our knowledge. And that will happen. Mm. It's such a comforting scripture when you are in trouble, <laughs> right? To know that don't give up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, have hope, have faith that God has overcome it, that Jesus Christ has overcome it, but that if you're yoked with him, he can help you overcome as well. He can help you overcome any trouble. I right. can that is a powerful verse of hope. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that. Dr. Bill, <laughs> there are going to be people who have listened to your story today. Maybe they, they've had a d divorce themselves or perhaps they're going through cancer who will want to reach out and connect with you. How can they find you online or, or how can they find your books? Would you mind just sharing that with us? Yeah, I think um, the easiest way will be just click on Facebook and then type in author William Bach, B-A-C-H and it will have my previous book, The Healing Process, which would actually work with any kind of healing, separation from a loved one, a death, a divorce, or you know, getting over something really hard. There's just a lot of positive affirmations and ways of overcoming difficulty. You have a website, right? I have a website. Uh, also would be found by searching author um, William K., Bach Jr. in that case, but I think they would find it with the William Bach also. Awesome. And uh, then there's links to Amazon to find the books. Wonderful. And what I'll do is I will put all these links in the show notes so that people can find those a little more easily. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Bill, thank you so much for being willing to dive into perhaps some of the not so fun parts of your life so that you could share visions of hope with others and give them that just that glimmer that even though things may be on a downward spiral that by changing their perspective and by pleading to God for help, they can pull themselves out of that downward spiral and have hope in the future again. This has been just such a powerful interview. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. 
May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.